Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's the morning show on 95.3 WBCK. And here's Tim Collins. Good morning. Coming up a little later, we'll preview some movies with Celebration Cinema. We'll also tell you about some of the programs coming up at our local library, Willard Library. Christine Piak will drop in for that. Well, one of the byproducts of this pandemic has been that a lot of people have had their routines radically changed, either because they had to work from home or because they just didn't have a job anymore. And that gave a lot of people the opportunity maybe uh, to reevaluate their careers, their current job. Has them thinking about those dreams that they might have had of being their own boss, having their own company. But where do you start and what do you need to know most? Well, Ethan Slotkin has been helping people do that. He is the shadow CEO, an accomplished entrepreneur and business strategy consultant. He's worked for hundreds of clients across the world. In fact, a lot right here in Michigan. And he's here to give us some tips. Uh, Ethan Slotkin, uh, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. You have rolled your sleeves up around Michigan a little bit in the uh, area of entrepreneurial stuff. I have. I, I, I love it there, and I, and I love the entrepreneurs that come out of Michigan. Sure. And uh, Michigan Economic Development Company is uh, always working to try and uh, attract people to come here. It's it's kind of a dog-eat-dog world, you know, with one state uh, pitted against another. It, it is. Um, you know, states want to attract entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs create new businesses, new jobs, new opportunities. So uh, needless to say, it is doggy tough, like you said. Yeah. Well, if we've got an idea that's been banging around in our head for a long time and we're starting to think, you know, that it really might have merit, what is that most important first thing that we need to consider when we're picking a business? Yeah. So, so oftentimes I see people that have a hypothesis of, an idea that they think could work for a business. And the reason they think that's the case is because it's something that they really want or they really need. So it's really important to do uh, first, and it's a mistake I see a lot. You have to go outside and ask others if they have the same need that you have as well. Um, at the end of the day, we're trying to sell our product or our service to many people. So just you know, only believing that, that we have the, you know, the need and others don't and not validating that could lead to a lot of wasted time, money, cost, energy, um, when you could have figured it out quite early on by just, you know, polling or surveying a handful of people and getting their feedback to the idea. So pick something that people actually need, not just that you think you need. And, and need is the really crucial word. You know, it's not just about want. We need something that people need, ideally, right? Want is discretionary spending, discretionary income. Need means I have to have it. I have to solve whatever the problem is. We're trying to get people to pay for it. People pay for what pains them the most, that they need the most, that, that, that really would change their lives. So look for something they really need and keep that word in your mind when, when you're developing your idea. So you, know, you hear people say things like, well, you know, the food business, that's a good one. People are always going to have to eat. 
Um, but you need to maybe pick something that, uh, you, I mean, you, they, they don't have to eat gummy bears. Uh, they might like to, but, but maybe like some kind of a revolutionary gluten free product. More and more people now seem to have a need for that sort of thing. If you can find out a way to package it and make it decent, uh, and then have all the right other considerations, maybe that's something. Yeah, I think that's a good point you're making. I mean, and there's a big, you know, portion of the population that literally needs gluten-free because they can't eat anything that's not gluten-free, let alone the other people who are also interested in eating it for health reasons or otherwise. So I very much agree with what you said in the structure around it, which is, uh, yeah, gummy bears are nice to have. Um, but gluten, core gluten-free products for an everyday basis, people have to eat. Um, and, and in some cases, the only thing they can eat is gluten-free. So it's a great framework. Right, and I think I saw on your website, the goal is to drive people's livelihood as well as large amounts of happiness and health. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's totally right. I mean, it, it kind of comes down to, to, to the framework of, of Maslow's hierarchy, right? Like, people need to eat first and, you know, first and foremost. They need to breathe first and foremost. And then after those things are taken care of, you can start to deal with the other things, right? But that, that's always what's on, on top of people's minds. That's how they're wired to operate at the end of the day. Now, maybe we've got our gluten product, our gluten-free product, and we got it uh, all figured out in our head, and we're going to make darn near a nickel for uh, every hundred of them we sell. Probably a mistake. Most definitely a mistake, um, at least early on. Um, you know, somebody has to create products like that, right? And, and But if you're going to create a product like that, you have to have a very long-range vision, because in the beginning, you're not going to be selling that many units, right? You're going to be a low-volume business, not a high-volume business. Therefore, most often, we want to find businesses that have large, large profit margins. And the reason why we need large profit margins is we don't know what kinds of costs or issues are going to come up. Um, sometimes you're going to have issues with suppliers, uh, people that provide services if we're a services business. All sorts of things can come up, let alone the fact that we have other costs in the business, overhead, you know, including team and rent and other things. We need very large profit margins in the beginning to ensure that we can keep our business profitable and sustainable and, and you know, moving towards scaling at a later point. Sure. Yeah. If you sold a billion of them at a nickel, uh, you'd probably be doing okay, but you can't count on that, as you said, you know, especially starting out. So go for the large profit margin and uh, figure in uh, all of those costs and see if it's going to be viable. It's a much more peaceful process going for something with a large profit margin where you know you have room to make money and then reinvest into the business than thinking very long range to be able to make that nickel, like you said, per, per product where you have to sell just so many of them to, to have a large business at the end of the day. And even then, it's, it's just, you know, it's pretty narrow to, to be able to get through. Yeah, a lot of times you'll hear somebody, you know, talking about their, yeah, I'm going to go into business doing X or Y, and uh, and somebody will say, well, do you know a lot about that? What's to know? <laughs> well, that's a mistake yeah. there, isn't it? You know, it is, uh, and I'll explain why it's a mistake. You know, ideally, we want to be picking an industry, and I've just seen this a lot of times as well. You want to pick an industry that you understand very well, or at least you're willing to understand very well. And the reason is, is because... First off, early on, you're going to be doing everything. So having that knowledge is going to be pretty crucial. But even as you expand out and you expand your team a little bit, sometimes things are going to happen there. And you need to have the ability to, one, step in in case something happens, and two, even if nothing happens, manage really effectively. And the only way you can do that is if you know exactly you know 
how the sausage is made, what the processes are like, what it's like actually making the product or the service. You need to understand that as a leader. It will just make you that much more of an impactful leader at the end of the day. You know, I have a friend who has a major company uh, selling uh, food ingredients. They import them and uh, they distribute them. And it is amazing over dinner. He knows everything about everything in that dinner. You know, oh, yeah, that comes mostly from Guatemala, but there's three different kinds. So you got to be careful. it's amazing he knows about every food ingredient that you could possibly think of and i think that's why he's been so successful absolutely i mean if you think about you know the example that he just gave because he knows the nuance of the ingredient that's from guatemala he has the ability to make changes on the fly should the should the you know supplier in guatemala change pricing or change some element or component of it he has the ability to make very rapid uh decisions that can improve the business by maybe changing the sourcing in the business away from Guatemala for that product or changing something else about the business because he knows how all, all the different elements fit together, how the costs fit together, uh, and he has that understanding. Um, if, without that understanding, he'd, he'd be reliant on his team, which as a business owner is not a great a great position to be in. And he's had to do that because, you know, the, the food uh the the clients that he has the customers changed so radically in the last year and a half you know we closed restaurants down and uh so now all of a sudden everything was going take out or or, or uh people were buying stuff in the store and so had to gear up and uh, target different clients and things and then when the restaurants opened they all had to have prepackaged stuff you know so no you know more bottle of ketchup on the table it was just packets of ketchup so you had to be ready to adapt to that yeah i think you bring up a good point which is you know your job is is the business owner especially a small business owner is to not just know your business intimately, but always be studying outside of it and what trends are happening as well. Imagine if all of that happened and, you know, he was completely unprepared, didn't know the nuance about the ingredients in his business, didn't know the nuance about, you know, uh, packaging, for instance, or packaging options that existed or how e-commerce functions, you know, he would have been caught off guard in that example, right? So it is your job more than anything to intimately know your business and also potential adjustments that could happen in your business and what's going on, you know, beyond your business as well. You know, there's a lot to, you know, getting started in a business and getting from, you know, nowhere to getting started in business. And a lot of people, that, that's that's just their target. Let's get it up and running. Uh, but that's a big mistake, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like, it's good to have that initial motivation, right, because we need that motivation to get it started. But, you know, in the beginning, what you're focused on is, you know, selling a little bit of product and getting some validation, right, product or service. Um, but, you know, building a business, the, the concept of overnight success sometimes just comes out and it's a little bit of a misnomer. It just doesn't happen like that in 99.9% of cases. So for that reason, you know, it's more of a mid- to long-term game that exists. You have to come in with that mentality just knowing that it's excellent to be an entrepreneur. It's a great opportunity. It could be very rewarding. But oftentimes it just takes a, you know, a decent amount of time to be able to scale effectively. So just come in with that mentality, knowing it's going to take time to get there, and you'll be far better mentally equipped versus if you're coming in just to be this, you know, this overnight success. It's just, it's just not how it The uh, fifth tip for entrepreneurs looking to start from scratch, know your numbers. You've got to know the financials. So, so anybody's listening to this and doesn't know the concept of unit economics, it's worth going online, looking it up, especially if you're you know, considering starting your own business. Unit economics just refers to how much uh, how much revenue you get when you sell one of your products or services. 
and how much related cost exists with it. And that constitutes the margin that you have on your business, uh, you know, on your product or service. Really, really crucial number for you to know and, and understand how those economics fit together because that will provide the foundation for you of the financials in your business. But you need to know that and beyond that as well. You need to know what costs exist in your business, how you could potentially adjust them. That is going to, to be the baseline for all decisions that you make in your business. So even if you're one of these, you know, one of these people who said, I don't like numbers, I don't like financials, you know, we're, we're in a very lucky time right now where we have YouTube, we have online courses. You know, go on and, and, and watch some videos and study a little bit. Anybody can learn it. There's nothing to be scared about. Um, but you do absolutely have to know your numbers so you can make very savvy, rapid business decisions as, as is needed. Sure. And if you've uh, you got to figure it out and you know you're going to need to buy Acme widgets at a certain price to get your product out, you have to also think of, you alluded to this earlier, Ethan, with supply problems right now, supply chain nightmares. You got to also figure out uh, where you're going to get that widget if Acme can't deliver it and how much different that might cost. You're totally correct. Things, things always go not, let's say, not according to plan uh, in, in business, all businesses, um, let alone small businesses. And so, Always kind of having your eyes open and having contingency plans um, is a good idea. The worst-case scenario is you miss an opportunity to be able to sell product, um, especially as a, start, you know, as a starting or, or newer business. So having those backup plans in mind, just so you know what you'll even do. You, know, you can't control outcomes. Nobody could control COVID from happening. But at least if you have those contingency plans, you'll be in pole position to be able to adjust and, and adapt your business and be able to capture the opportunity. And there were, there were many entrepreneurs who, despite COVID, um, their businesses boomed because they were prepared to capture that opportunity. So to review those five tips, pick a business that people need, pick a business that has a large profit margin, pick an industry that you understand very well or are willing to become an expert in, think mid to long term, and then know your numbers, the financials, the unit economics inside and out. Nathan uh, Ethan Slotkin is uh, with us, international small business expert and the shadow CEO. We'll tell you how to get a hold of him. And I want to ask you about some mistakes that people make when we come back. AC. Ethan Slotkin is known as the shadow CEO. He helps entrepreneurs get going. And uh, I guess people get uh, going and, and they make mistakes, and it only probably takes one to derail the whole thing. What are some of the bigger mistakes, Ethan? So one mistake that I, that I see very, very often is, you know, people have this great idea and they're passionate about it, and they put in all the effort to be able to figure out where to get the product or the service. And then they're gun shy as it relates to getting their name out there. Um, so, you know, when you start a business, you are kind of uh, interlinked with that business, right? Your personal identity becomes very linked with that business. But the thing is, is if you don't get your, your, your brand's name out there, your business's name out there, people aren't going to know to buy it. But oftentimes people are shy about that. So we're sitting in, you know, 2021 right now where we're lucky. We have access to all of these social media channels to get free attention and get people aware of our business. And then a handful of owners who are just too anxious to, to put themselves out there and, and are too embarrassed to do it. You have to be your biggest advocate of your business. You have to get yourself out there and be shameless with it. And it's okay. You can have fun with it. Bring that excitement to creating the business. But if people don't know about it, they cannot buy it. So you have to get your name out there. Sure. The tree falls in the woods. 
that kind of thing. Uh, what, exactly. else, what else? What's another big mistake people make? Um, you know, also this concept of technology and embracing technology. A lot of people, a lot of business owners like doing things the old way and don't like change. And, you know, change is uncomfortable for, for all of us, right? But, you know, where the world is moving is towards technology. It's towards automation and a lot of things. And so either, you know, as a business owner, either you're willing to, to embrace it and learn about it or you're not. But if you're not, you know, you're going to be at a competitive disadvantage compared to your, your competition. So, again, we're, we're at this time when we have the ability to learn about technology, to take courses, take classes. You have to be willing to embrace the concept of technology as a business owner. And if you do, it could be a really great asset. I mean, you're always going to need people to help on your business. There's no way around it. But technology can be an excellent supplement that could make your business that much more competitive, your prices that much more competitive, your margins greater. So it's a great tool uh, to have in your business. And, you know, my recommendation is to not resist it, is to actually go with it and dig in and, and start to learn about how technology and automation can positively impact your business and your customers' experience. And I think for older entrepreneurs, that's uh, absolutely uh, important. Younger ones probably already kind of have a grasp on that, but it's just about getting it to the point where it works for you instead of against you. And, and if that means taking classes and educating yourself, that's what it's going to take. Uh, we talked a little bit about supply chain issues. I guess the final thing I want to ask you about labor issues. It's really hard to find people, especially in certain areas of the country right now. If you're going to start a business, you absolutely are going to have to look at that. Yeah, and, and to that I would say two things. Um, first off, as long as it's profitable, of course, because you need to run your business, by any means necessary, right? So whatever you have to do to convince a team, like part of your job as a business owner is rallying people around you, right? So whatever you have to do to be able to convince them, get them excited, figure out what really motivates them, you know, that's part of your job. But then beyond that, you know, and this links to my, my previous comment, there are technologies that can help you as well. So the combination of both team plus technology could enable you to produce more product or produce more service um, and manage your business effectively as well. So I think it's the combination of just being a really excellent, uh, you know, team leader and motivator and getting to the core of what's going to motivate your team or, or prospective team in conjunction with technology uh, is the path to, to, to solving your business and your business's needs. So um, be a leader, but also embrace technology as a, as a complementary um, you know, helper or good for your business as well. Well, if we'd like to have Shadow CEO Ethan Slotkin on our team, at least uh, in the background helping us out, what can we do? Yeah, you can come and check check out my site. At, it's just shadow.ceo or ethanslotkin.com. They both lead to the same place. EthanSlotkin.com or Shadow.CEO. Get some more great tips and maybe uh, get Ethan on your team. Hey, I enjoyed talking business with you today. Appreciate you uh, taking the time. Yeah, same with you. Thanks so much for having me. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.